The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? This is Mick Shots, streaming live on DallasCowboys.com and the official Dallas Cowboys app. Now, here are Bill Jones, Everson Walls, and Mickey Spagnola. It is 1.30 on a Tuesday, the first Tuesday of the NFL season. That's right. <laughs> Bill Jones with Everson Walls and the star of this show, Mick Schutz himself, Mickey Spagnola. Yes, a round of applause for Mickey as we get started on a new season of daily shows. And uh, Mickey, how are you doing on this fine I'm good. Tuesday? I think everybody should know that wasn't fake applause, okay? That was real applause. <laughs> and and I, I've got to tell you that uh, probably since the last week in March until today is the first day I'm not either in shorts or sweatpants. I've actually got a real <laughs> set of pants on right now. <laughs> a real set of pants on. That's How about that? Know, That's like Thank five and a half that. months yes. later. <laughs> <laughs> Everson, do you have a real set of pants on? I don't know. That warm up pants, I guess. As long as they're pants. Well, I'm in know. my usual I'm in my usual shorts. I've been wearing shorts since March eleventh. And I'm, and I'm going to put on big boy pants myself, uh, Mickey, later today as I'm headed to the star to take the first episode of the Mike McCarthy show. Uh, this oh, very good. So this nice. is like A new the official start. That's exactly right. <laughs> this is the official start. Uh, you know, and for me, the way I look at it every year, Labor Day is, is basically the end of the summer. Uh, and so I enjoyed my last day of summer yesterday, even when it's a normal year, when training camp has started, uh, you know, in late July, whatever. It's still it, Labor Day is the end of summer for me. You know, I'm not getting in the pool anymore. It's football either, season either, for, for sure. My, my pool days are over for the summer. I, I made that decision yesterday. I'm, I had one long last swim of summer yesterday afternoon. So I'm in shape and raring to go here. Well, good, Bill. You know, one of the security guards here asked me, so did you have a good long weekend? I said, what do you mean? We worked. Well, what about Labor Day? I said, <laughs> you know, during football season, once training camp starts, the last holiday you enjoy is basically 4th of July because yeah. all the holidays come after all the way through New Year's. There's not a holiday that uh, we get off. I'll tell you well, what, uh, Labor Day to me, uh, it's not a figurative term. All while I played, it was literal because coaches tried <laughs> to kill us on Labor Day. We labored much throughout my entire football career. Well, there's so much to get to. So much has happened since we uh, last convened uh, last uh, Thursday as the roster is set, a 16-man practice squad uh, as well, and that's ever-evolving all around uh, the league. Uh, Mickey, just to kick things off, what's your takeaway as, uh, as this uh, Rams week has begun at the You know, start? I don't think when we, we saw the final roster after they uh, had decided to release HaHa -Ha Clinton Dix that there really wasn't any big surprise uh, when we got to the 53 kind of knew what was coming uh, with the guys that they ended up uh, placing on injured reserve and to do that 
you know, they ended up cutting a couple uh, veteran guys that didn't have to go through waivers because to put guys on recall injured reserve, uh, they have to be on the 53-man roster for 24 hours. Uh, so that got all taken care of by Monday uh, with C.J. Goodwin, uh, Joe Thomas, uh, those guys, and, and Justin March uh, being uh, re-signed as they put Lael Collins on injured reserve along with Sean Lee and Ventel Bryant. So, and I'm not sure they're done with all that just yet uh, because if you look at a couple of the guys that made that 53-man roster, there's probably room to make some moves. And because of the way guys that they constructed the 16-man practice squad with uh, the ability to put, what is it, like a half dozen guys uh, with, uh, you know, you didn't have to worry about accrued seasons, uh, yeah. then uh, there could be some more moves when guys come off of that and they put them on the basically 53-man roster or they just promote them for that Sunday uh, on game day. A guy like Eric Smith, uh, the offensive tackle that they signed, had played with the Giants the previous year. And then even Brandon Carr, uh, at some point, I think when they think he's football ready, he probably gets put on the 53-man roster also. I got to tell you, Bill, uh, I, had, I made an urgent call to Spagnola right after the show last week. <laughs> I, I thought we were being sabotaged <laughs> by Spags on his own show. I, I found out about Clinton Dix as soon as we got off the air. And I texted Spags and I said, did you know of this already? I was all ready to condemn him as a saboteur. And it was good to know that he had no idea because it was just the timing was too good. There's yeah, no I way I he forgot should have that it was, it was right after we got done on Thursday. Right after we got ago. done, yes. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, well, let's start right there. And, and what do you make, Everson, of, uh, of that move and then the subsequent uh, signing to the practice squad? Isn't that something? you got a, a guy who's been in the league for 12 years and Brandon Carr, and he, he's on the practice squad uh, to start things off. Uh, I don't think he's going to stay on the practice squad for long. It's just a way of uh, getting things going right now. As, as Mickey said, as they, they get him up to speed uh, and see where he is, as far as being in football shape and that sort of thing, but uh, what's your take on on that move? I was, I, I must admit I was shocked, uh, but I was not uh, uh, in on you know what was going on in practice. Uh, Spags had told me after the, the deal was done and after I was ready to come <laughs> over there and blow up his house. Uh, <laughs> I, I I assumed that uh, Dix was playing well. I just assumed that he was doing, making the, doing the work that he had to do, getting the young players ready. But when you lose your job in practice, when they bring you in, when your guy, your old coach brings you in, makes you the starting player at, at the free safety position, and I, I believe it, according to the, the, the readouts, he lost his job almost the, the same day that he started. So those are things I was not aware of. Uh, and these were things that Spags was aware of, so not surprised about it. The reason I was in favor of it was simply because we need experience in the secondary. I truly believe that. Uh, we have been working with young guys for a number of years here now, and it has not panned out. These same players, we're bringing them back. We're bringing back Brown, uh, who I thought was a great athlete, 
but he just had never made the plays I wanted him to make. You can be a great athlete all you want and have all these tools, but you have to be game ready. And I don't mean just physically. I mean mentally you have to be, you have to know how to make a play in the secondary. You have to know how to anticipate routes and situations. And I think we are a defensive backfield of reactionary players as opposed to guys that are really anticipating what might come. I still see that now. I don't see that how that has changed. And that, once again, I, 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 it worries me because we need that secondary to show up what I, what I think is a very good defense. Could be one of the better defenses in the NFL. Well, let me give you a couple reasons okay. for uh, the Cowboys' dissatisfaction with HaHa uh, ha Clinton Dix. First of all, uh, they cut a guy that they guaranteed $2.25 million to. Not a great amount. So when they signed him to that one-year deal and that's all that was guaranteed, that got my antennas up that, okay, he's on his uh, third team in four years. Uh, I don't know how, uh, how, how <laughs> happy you know this guy is, is going to be. Now, again, to, to release him when they did, you know, they, they stuffed $2.25 million of dead money into the salary cap. Number two, he started off, uh, as Everson said, working with the first set of uh, safeties along with Xavier Woods. They moved him after about a week, maybe week and a half, to second team uh, and promoted Dorian Thompson, Darian Thompson. And everything we heard about Darian Thompson was how well he was playing. This is the best he's played. He knows what he's doing. He can get people lined up. So I was thinking, hmm, maybe that had something to do it. Well, Xavier Woods last week uh, hurts himself, uh, strains a groin in that Cowboys night uh, at AT&T Stadium. It was a Sunday. And the next day when they practice, there goes HaHa Clinton Dix back with the first team. And so they saw him back with the first team again for three practices, I believe, and they still weren't happy with him and decided to let him go and put and get back 1.7 uh, 1.5 million uh, of what they would have owed him so their dissatisfaction with him was on three different levels so you know that's always bill and everson my you know my cautionary tale with free agency you see a name you recognize a name and you go oh yeah let's get that guy because he's good well, maybe he's not good enough when he's changing teams so so much in, in, in a couple years. And, and evidently, you know, they, they made a really smart contract for him. Uh, the fact that uh, they didn't guarantee the whole thing, which was $3.75 million. Tell you what, Will McKay, he must have a, a crystal ball somewhere because almost every move he's making right now He's not only making great moves, but he's also covering himself on some of the more questionable moves, such as the Clinton Dick signing. Uh, I don't know what uh, Ha Ha was not doing. Uh, I don't know if he didn't have any sense of urgency. I don't know if he couldn't grasp the, uh, the, the you know, the, the crust for the defense. I don't know what it was, but, you know, when you have a guy that has had that much promise throughout his career, uh, even though at the end you were having some issues, I it, I don't know what it could have been in regards to grasping uh, this concept of the Cowboys' defense. So I'm going to trust the coaches, 
and, and, and see that they have decided to go with a young group. But even bringing in Brandon Carr at the safety position, uh, he was still part of a defense that really wasn't shown to, to make many plays on the ball. They were always good at one-on-one, -on -one, but not making many plays on the ball. So hopefully the, the experience he gained in Baltimore, he can bring it back here from in a different position. He was playing corner when he was here, but in, in a different position at safety, hopefully he can have some type of experience by having that overall view from that safety position that will allow him to uh, lead a very young You know, after coach. that first game, we'll, we'll find out what the rest of the league thinks about HaHa -Ha Clinton Dix because obviously – you know, he didn't have to go through waivers, but no one claimed him. Uh, no one, uh, you know, signed him. Signing, yeah. and, and, and now you say, well, maybe they're waiting after the first game so we don't have to guarantee. He doesn't have the one-time opportunity uh, to take guarantee or to take a guaranteed uh, base salary uh, if he should get released. So uh, next week, if no one claims him, then something's up. Uh, the one thing that I, I think took place also in the decision was the fact that uh, if he's going to be a backup, he's got to play special teams. And I, didn't, I don't know if they thought he was either willing or capable to help out on special teams. And the other thing to, to keep in mind, even though he was with the Packers, was a first-round draft pick. Uh, of course, Dom Capers was the defensive coordinator of the Packers back then. This is a different defensive coaching staff, and it does raise an eyebrow when he's been through so many teams here the last uh, few years. i got to ask, okay, Mickey, you are in the SWBC Mortgage Studios there at the Star I am. Frisco. Everson, I've, I've got to ask you, who is that behind you, that, that picture of number 24? Well, let me that? guess. <laughs> Hey, I don't recognize him because I think there's black hair under that helmet. <laughs> but it looks like Everson Walls. I just always put it up. Uh, I, I think I've mentioned it before. Usually I just have a blank wall behind me. And uh, one, of my, one of the Twitter followers, one of our Twitter followers on, on Mix Shots, suggested that I spruce up the background. So don't mind, the, te don't mind the tequila over here on, on this side. You Just know what though, Everson? <laughs> there's a there's a Larry Brown resemblance in that picture there. <laughs> I don't think Larry Brown was even born when I got that interception. So let's let's get off of that. So <laughs> since we were, you know what? Since we were talking about uh, a cornerback moving to safety, Everson, what what is that transition for a guy that's played basically corner? Although you know what, towards the end of his career here, so he was with the Cowboys 2012 uh, through 2016. Uh, they had some alignments back there when they played three safeties across the back, and he was one of those safeties on the outside, and they moved somebody else into a true cornerback spot. So for Brandon Carr, uh -huh. what's that transition like? Well, I, it really depends on your background that goes back a ways. I was blessed because at Grambling State, I played every position in the secondary in my junior year. Uh, grew up uh, even at Bergner High School. Safety was my original position. I started playing cornerback at Grambling just in order to, to keep my scholarship. I had to learn how to cover, so that's a whole different thing. When you're at safety, if you're a natural safety, then you have an ability to figure out what the, deep, what the offense is trying to do, almost from the snap of the ball. Uh, you have to understand where, your, where your, your critical points are before the ball is snapped. 
And then you work your way down in progression in regards to what can hurt you in your secondary. So I'm hoping Brandon had either known before or was able to kind of cultivate uh, that type of instinct by being a safety. You know, I play, to me, one of the more underrated safeties that I've ever played with was Michael Downs. And Michael Downs was, was hawked by Gene Stallings over and over again. Uh, you've got to be deep on the pass because the flex was like that for a free safety, but you also have to come in and plug on the run. So his uh, responsibilities as a safety for the flex was totally different. A little bit more, they ask more of our safeties back in the 80s with the flex defense. Nowadays, you don't really have to worry about that. You, you, you just make sure that nothing gets deeper than you. But to me, a true safety that's going to make some plays, you have to anticipate where your dangers are, and you also have to, to, to figure out exactly where they're trying to go with the ball. And there are times when a safety can make all the difference in the world in a passing game. His cornerbacks will know to trust him to be there, number one. The safety himself has to make sure that those cornerbacks understand where they need to be. And if you start working that thing together as a fluid secondary, it's a beautiful thing. And I'm hoping Carr can understand that there are going to be some times in a ball game, especially in the red zone, and especially during key parts of the game, where that free safety can make all the difference in the world and he can make some plays on the ball that can save your team. I'm hoping that that's what guys like Brandon Carr can do. I'm hoping Thompson can do it as well. Even You know what, and the thing that uh, I think he emphasized, or at least mentioned during, we, we got a chance to talk to him for about 10 minutes on one of our virtual interviews, and, and he talked about how he needs to study and study this defense because he felt like the key to play in safety was anticipation. And I think you understand that. And I've always thought that the safety needs to know what's going to happen before it happens by reading what's yes, going on. And I thought that was one of the great attributes that Darren Woodson had when he played a true safety yep. spot, that he could di diagnose what was going on. So I thought that was a, a good sign that he knew he needed to study. By the way, he, they're not practicing today. And he was out on the field by himself uh, kind of pantomiming his back pedal and, and turning to, like, go get the ball. So uh, he's already kind of working on that. He said he was in shape, said he started strength and conditioning back in February and didn't give up even though he wasn't on a team. So I think that's what people need to understand, uh, the fact that uh, he didn't go through training camp with anybody. Uh, and obviously there was no offseason. So uh, this is all a start for him. And I thought Jerry Jones' comment on him uh, I thought was very clear on what they think about the safety position because he said we were it was a very fortuitous uh, opportunity to sign a guy like that. So when he said that, and that kind of got into the answer about Earl Thomas uh, this morning, uh, and, and it sounded like, you know, okay, we got kind of a veteran guy back there, and it's not at a, a big price. And by the way, my guess is, and I haven't seen this yet, that even though uh, Brandon Carr's on the practice squad, he's probably not making practice squad money. You can pay those guys whatever you want. <laughs> uh, and, and so I would imagine they signed him to a salary uh, and then first chance they get when he's ready. Uh, and Jerry said probably not this week, uh, but maybe in a week or two uh, he'd be ready to go.
And uh, we got to take a break here, but uh, Brandon's been waiting in the wings right here in Dallas uh, ever since last season. In fact, I saw him. I was doing a live shot for CBS 11 in Tostitos Plaza outside Ford Center at the Star in Frisco in March. The day before he was released by the Baltimore Ravens, he was there uh, with a camera crew doing a, a promotional shoot uh, for a uh, charity. And, and, and by the way, of course, Brandon, as we know through his years here, has done so much in the community. Yes, and, he has. Uh, such a good I'm glad guy. you mentioned that, Bill. Yeah. And so it, it's great to have him uh, back uh, with the Cowboys. And we will continue with more of Mixed Shots here in just a moment. Hey there, Cowboys fans. With Tide Cleaners at home pickup and delivery, Cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day, so skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at home pickup and delivery today. Make the most of summer with Ford, America's best-selling brand during the Ford Summer Sales Event. With great offers on a huge selection of Ford SUVs and the largest selection of truck inventory to choose from. Get huge offers across the Ford lineup. So grab the family and head out. Ford's helping you make the most out of summer. It's easier now during the Ford Summer Sales Event. Based on 2019 calendar year total sales. Based on Autodata Compact and full-size stock inventory as of June 2020. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Back, back, back to mixed shots. Cinema drive-ins bring the classic nostalgia of a drive-in movie to the star. Enjoy all the features of these timeless outdoor theaters in a safe and innovative environment. Brought into the 21st century with the latest technologies, stunning visuals, and the latest and greatest Hollywood blockbusters. New movies are featured every weekend in the Gaylord lot at the Star in Frisco. For details, visit thestarinfrisco.com. Very That's good. Great. I, only feel, I only feel special when you do it, uh, <laughs> Spags. Bill, when you do it, it's so smooth and heavenly. But when Spags does it, I just I, I feel something come through the computer. I, I'm okay. I'm good. You know, right. you know, though, Mickey, <laughs> I was wondering as you're reading that, have you been practicing? During no, the I just found that after I printed it out the other day. I'm not just practicing. Oh, reading. You could general. tell. <laughs> I was never a good reader in grade you, school. You could tell. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's the new Gomez's. Actually, these are Chris Beam, the, our producer. Just these are the us. new. That's what it is. It's these the are the glasses. new old glasses. <laughs> How about this for getting lucky? Oh, I I sat on my glasses and uh, messed up the frame. So I was thinking, well, if I can find the same frame, I can just pop out the lenses and put them back in. Well, I couldn't. And so when I went to the eye doctor for my yearly exam and then I needed to get new glasses, I went over there and the lady that was helping me pulls out four of these things and I go, well, those look like the ones I got. And she goes, they are. I said, well, can they be my backups? So these are the new <laughs> old glasses. <laughs> nice. I so, Everson, what kind of shape are you in right now? I'm in pretty good shape. Pretty good I, shape? I, I, I got my bike fixed yesterday. Thought okay. about spags. Went riding on my 10-speed. Mickey, or, uh, you can't be in very good shape because you've been on the you shelf You know what? It's, it's summer, getting right? better, and I found this little contraption that you can put your back wheel of your bike on this stand and pedal away while you're inside and not go anywhere. So I've been working. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. There's, there's a reason I'm asking you this. Do you know what your resting heart rate is? Resting heart rate, like how high I can get it? Yeah. What you, or just, no, oh. No, what it, when you yeah, rest, last time, when last you time I did it, it rest, was, it was somewhere around 60 or 70. Okay. Ever since you know 52. What, 52 right now, Bill. Okay. I went to the dentist this morning, and they uh, checked my blood pressure and, and heart rate. And I always, I have, lear I have learned to like going to the dentist when I am in shape because they'll check my pulse. And if I'm in shape, my, my heart rate will be very low. I was at 47. God, you weren't alive. Nice. 47 is my heart rate. It, was, it might be a new record for me. Anyway, that was just an aside. That shows that I'm ready for football season. All right? We are ready to go. Now, here's the deal. Five months from now, at the end of the football season, when I'm so busy where I can't work out, I want to see what my heart rate is then. It'll be through but the But you set the bar pretty high, Bill. So, you know, 40-plus, that's not bad at all. I'm used, if, I, if I don't get much to eat, I'm, I'm looking at about 42. So they, they Oh, there you me go. Up. Wow. Yeah. All right. But I, uh, Mickey, another thing that happened since we last convened last Thursday, Randy Gregory reinstated. What's your take on uh, Mr. Gregory? Of course, it's going to be a while before we uh, see him even, either in practice yeah, or Yeah, they, the they, they reinstated him but put some stipulations on it, and, and probably for good reason since uh, he hasn't been involved in football since the end of the 2018 season. Uh, so he's going to have to... Uh, you know, con he's been conditionally reinstated, uh, and they're going to give him six weeks uh, with the team uh, starting this week uh, to to get ready to play. Uh, and, and I'm and I'm guessing they're also still monitoring uh, his behavior during those six weeks uh, to make sure uh, that they he doesn't just rush in and all he worries about is playing football. Uh, so you know what, it, it can only help. Uh, you know, Mike Nolan was speaking of it yesterday, and, and he talked about a, a DPR, a, at least, designated pass rusher, but also possibly like a strong side linebacker, too. So they've done that a little bit with their defensive ends, 
And, uh, you know, so they, they see him with a couple dual roles. Uh, but, again, uh, as Mike McCarthy said yesterday, you know, my, our first concern is just getting him r r acclimated to being on a football team and make sure he's still taking care uh, of his life uh, and do the things that will allow him to play football. So, you know, it's uh, – it's a win-win situation for the Cowboys because it's not a big uh, financial expenditure against the cap. Uh, and, uh, you know, if he's got himself straight, uh, then, you know, they've got two guys kind of in the same boat along with uh, Alden Smith. You know, back in the day, we wouldn't even care about what the kid's life was like. I mean, let's be real. If he wasn't ready to play football, then we're just going to throw him away. So. It's kind of good to see that uh, the Cowboys are really kind of uh, investing a bit in his well-being as a person because that seems to be the issues that have kept him off the field for the past, what, Spax, three 2018, years? yeah, Long December of 2018 was the last time he played. 2018. Uh, and you're talking about a guy that, you know, football is not a problem with him. That's not what you have to worry about with Gregory. These are things off the field that he has to deal with. I don't know if he's dealing with depression and things of that nature, but it's been a tough life. And I'm glad the Cowboys are not giving up on him. Uh, my old agent, Weinberg, is always talking about, uh, you know, trying to get him back in the league. And I think behind the scenes, he's been trying to help out a little bit. I think Gregory has his own agent. But, you know, everyone's been trying to give uh, Randy's advice on doing things. But this is something that he has had to figure out on his own. And I hope he has because – as long as he's getting stuff together off the field, I don't think you have to worry about how much he's going to bring to you on the field. I noticed uh, Peter King and his predictions for the season, and he's tabbed uh, Alden Smith as his preseason comeback player of the year. It would be line. the biggest comeback ever after not playing since November 15th of 2015, right? That's a long wow. way to come back. Wow. Um, but you know what? Everything we've seen so far of him on the field, uh, it sure looks like when they go out there for the first snap in L.A. Sunday night, he's on the field as the right defensive end. Uh, and he, I haven't seen any signs of, well, this guy can't play. And I remember when Mike McCarthy was asked if somebody didn't know about Alden Smith uh, and they saw him out at practice for the first time, what would they say? And, and his response was, who's that number 58? So uh, they have certainly high expectations for him at this point. Now, how many plays can he play when you haven't played that long? You know, who knows? But uh, with the acquisition of Everson Griffin, he doesn't have to play 60 snaps in a game. Uh, and, and, and Griffin looks like he's got the flexibility to not only play outside, but do a little pass rushing inside, too. My goodness, right. when you think about these three guys, all three of them have had issues off the field. And uh, it's really kind of good to see the Cowboys still taking a vested interest in them. Of course, the upside is they're going to kick ass on the field. But uh, I'm just glad that they're making a, uh, an effort uh, to make sure that these guys are not forgotten about. All right, I am uh, monitoring things on Periscope. We are live on Periscope as usual. If you have any comments there, I'm tracking that. And also you can tweet at me at CBS 11. Bill Jones, if you have any questions. And when we come back, uh, we'll get uh, Mickey's take on what Jerry Jones had to say in his Tuesday radio conversation on the phone.
Hey there, Cowboys fans. With Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery, cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day, so skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery today. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. What do you call a group of grown men and women who get together every week, proudly wearing the star, to share a three-hour-long ritual of cheering, shouting at the TV, and raising their Miller Lite together while yelling, how about them boys? You call it Miller Time and Cowboys Nation. Here's to the only beer of the Cowboys celebrating 60 years of greatness. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller Time. Celebrate responsibly. 2020 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. Hey, Cowboys fans, ready to spice up your next watch party? Bring Yokiero guacamole and be the game day hero. Yokiero means I want, and we know you want, great, fresh-tasting, ready-to-serve guacamole for your home-gating and tailgating events. Made with real avocados and the perfect blend of spices, it will be the star of any party. You can find us at your local Albertsons or Tom Thumb in the deli section. If you can't find it, talk to your store manager and tell them, Yokiero, Yokiero guacamole. Back, 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 to Mick Shots. NFL Fan now of the Year. Now more than ever. All right, Mickey's going to do it. All right, Mickey, you do it. Now Mickey, more than ever, the Cowboys so want to recognize our fans and everything you do to make football. Well, football. As part of the NFL Fan of the Year contest, we're launching a search for one extraordinary Cowboys fan who is a positive influence and or inspires other through their love of the game. Visit NFL.com slash Fan of the Year now to learn more about the nomination, or I should say, and nominate yourself or others for a chance to be named NFL Fan of the Year. Well, you, you came close. Yeah, you that was a. I, I figured I was anticipating. Learn more, and you know, uh, of your nomination, not of yourself. <laughs> of course, you're going to nominate yourself. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. All right, uh, Jerry was on the fan this morning. Uh, what was the headline coming out? Well, of that? I think there was, uh, you know, kind of a bunch of things. Uh, one of the things that uh, he was asked was, "What happens if?" Uh, a team has a guy or two or three uh, test positive the Saturday before the game or doesn't pass the protocol on Sunday, will they cancel a game? And he emphatically said no. Uh, I don't see that the NFL is going to cancel games that are already scheduled for television. This isn't baseball where you can play two the next day or the next week. Uh, so I thought that was uh, very instructive. Uh, I, I told you what he said about Carr, uh, about Xavier Woods. Uh, 
he he was asked what he thought the difference in this team would be to maybe the past few under Jason Garrett, and he and he said we won't be as predictable. Uh, so I, I think he, he, and that's what the players have said about disguising things and doing different things out of the uh, same uh, look. Um, and then, you know, he, he kind of went on it, towards the end about what's going to happen with the national anthem. And he really didn't get specific uh, on, on, on any of that. Uh, but, but he said that uh, what he expects from his players is to, uh, be able to do something to call to to make a difference, uh, and he didn't say that kneeling doesn't make a difference, and, and and that players should do what they feel like they need to do, uh, but he also continued to intimate that it should be uh, a team thing. He thought, uh, and but I think he's given some leeway on this, so it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens. I mean, you know. The, the fact that they're playing a game should scream three-inch headlines, right? Everything we've gone through, and they're going to play a game. But what's going to take precedence is what happens during uh, the national anthem, maybe even more so than who wins or who loses. So I'll be interested to see that. And I thought the other thing that was very instructive, guys, was he, he was asked what did uh, Deshaun Watson's contract uh, do for upcoming negotiations with Dak, and and he basically mm. said nothing really. He goes, we we understand where the market is, and we knew where the market would go when those guys get uh, signed. So really had no effect on 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 what we're trying to do for a long term deal. And I'm just going to point out one thing, you know. So he got a four year deal, right, for a hundred. And, and what was on one of the the salary websites? Break it down for us, Spags. It was a hundred and fifty-six million four-year extension. But guess what? He had two years left uh, on his original contract this year, and then his fifth-year option uh, that Houston had already picked up. So in those two years, it was twenty million dollars combined. So it's a six-year, hundred and eighty million-dollar contract to me. Which averages out to what? Interesting. Thirty million a year. Thirty. Uh, and and his guarantees um, basically run out uh, after after four years, and, and they can get out of that contract. And sixty four million dollars of that money that's not guaranteed uh, is in those last two in base salaries. So while it looks like oh my God they gave him forty million a year. Well, the extension was $40 million, but he's going to play for two years under his previous contract. Uh, so I think you have to look at it that way uh, and, and look at what the guarantees are. I mean, he got guaranteed $110.7 million. Well, that's basically what the Cowboys were offering Dak uh, under a guarantee. So we'll see how it plays out, but I don't think it knocks uh, everything skewed uh, for the contract for Dak. Well, I was just glad that uh, Jerry kind of finally came out and, and addressed some of the issues of the summer. Uh, he hadn't really said much at all. Uh, been kind of disappointed in that because, you know, Cowboys are an amazing team. They're the number one sports franchise in the world. Uh, I think uh, along with that, I always thought that, that Jerry and the Cowboys really owed it to the rest of the sports world to speak out as loud or louder than any other sports franchise. 
I get it that it was baseball season, basketball season coming up, and the baseball players and basketball players took over in regards to the narrative as far as kneeling for the national anthem is concerned and Black Lives Matter and any cause, Breonna uh, uh, Taylor, all of these causes that are out there. Uh, I think the NFL really should, as the commissioner spoke up, I thought the owner should have been right there with the commissioner speaking up in some way. I think that silence really doesn't do well to what's going on in society right now. You talked about the national anthem uh, and kneeling for it. The thing about kneeling for the national anthem, it's not about who doesn't kneel, it's a, and it's not about who does kneel. It's about you doing what you want to do. So if I'm not going to judge you for not kneeling, as long as I know you're my boy, you're my teammate, and we're all together on this field, and I'm not going to judge you if you're not kneeling. So these are the kind of things that should have come out of this whole narrative. Be able to do what you want to do without fear of, of you know, uh, uh, designating a person. Without repercussions, you know, yeah. Uh, without any type of yeah, explanation or really just overreacting. So I think it's, they should understand, give your, have, have the ability to do what you want to do and still respect what your other teammate is doing. To me, that's the main thing about it. And I wish Jerry could have, could have spoken more this offseason about that. I, I really wish he would have just come out and said something that could have galvanized you know, all of sports, really, because as the Cowboys speak, then so does the rest of the NFL and even the sports world. Well, they're definitely going to be in the spotlight on uh, Sunday night. Uh, all eyes will be on the Cowboys and the Rams. You know, uh, Mickey Everson was in the spotlight with the 60-year anniversary, 60 anniversary uh, Cowboys team. We haven't had much time because we had to get caught up on, on things going on here throughout this uh, today's show. But as we wrap things up, uh, where was Everson on that list, Everson Mickey? finished in the top 60. He finished 25th. But since he's on this show, on my list, he finished 20th. <laughs> Only because I'm on this show. <laughs> hey, so let's just say I'm top 30. That sounds a lot better. Yeah, right? absolutely. Well, top 25. Well, I'm saying, I'll say I'm, I'm top saying 25. Everson's not number 25. Everson, as it's shown in the picture behind him, he is number 24. That's so, right, baby. If he's going to be anywhere close to 24, let's make him number 24 on the list. And let's just say, that picture depicts number one. That is my first NFL regular season interception. So out of, that out behind of how me many? depicts out of 5'7", sir, 5'7". <laughs> That's not including the playoffs. We don't, we don't include our st stats like basketball <laughs> and baseball. No. Regular season, 57 picks. So here, here, were, the, <laughs> here were the guys immediately in front of Everson. Uh, Harvey Martin was 20, Tony Romo 21, Deion yes. Sanders 22, Cornell Green 23, and Don Meredith was 24. But after Everson was Zach Martin, Ed Jones, Tyron Smith, Don Perkins, and... John Nylon. I got to say, that number 20 for Harvey Martin, I, that speaks volumes. I mean, as you look at this list, uh, I'm hoping that it kind of, you know, is a precursor to the next Ring of Honor uh, uh, inductees. And, man, it, 
I just wish Harvey would get on that list. I really do. He deserves it. His family deserves it. All of them being from Dallas, Texas, over in the Oak Cliff. Area. Yeah, and I hope when people uh, see the list and they start looking around, uh, that they do recognize what Cornell Green meant to the Cowboys and what his Man. career was about. Yes, sir. All pro at cornerback and safety. That is not done, wasn't done much then. It's certainly not and done much And didn't play now. college football. Basketball I, I, player. I was just adding up the number of career interceptions among the current Cowboys secondary <laughs> to see. Uh, and I, I haven't... I haven't looked up Brandon Carr. Stop, He's technically Bill. on the stop, practice Bill. squad. Just stop. It's, I got him at like 26, but I, that was just a quick review of my notes over here. Yeah. So. Sad. Sad. We were ending on a good note, and you had to bring that up. Sorry, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got a lot to get to this week. We're going to dive into those uh, Los Angeles Rams. Uh, you know the name of that stadium, Mickey? So SoFi Stadium, and I just figured out it, it was so a financial fine. institution. <laughs> SoFi Stadium, the first game ever, as Jerry said on the radio. Hopefully they'll get the first win ever at SoFi Stadium. Of course, That's Jerry right. played a major role in all that taking uh, place there in Southern California, not only with the Rams but also the Chargers uh, playing in that stadium. Only fitting that the Cowboys will be playing there. And uh, we will be here every day, 1.30 until 2.15. Exactly, until further notice. You never know what happens with the schedules, right? But I think we're pretty pretty solidified here at 1.30. Sounds like Vicky has uh, taken on the... We're all day to day. No, it's you know what my my refrain all the time when I say stuff this year is basically we'll see. Uh, yes, we will see. So it's far, we so will good. So yes. far, so good. Yeah. We will see you again tomorrow afternoon at 1:30 Central Daylight Time for mix shots. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about that?